Welcome to the Queer Comedy Podcast with David Ian and Kate Dale, where funny peculiar meets funny haha. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Queer Comedy Podcast. I'm Kate Dale. And I'm David Ian. And we've brought to you, again, a lovely selection of fabulous queer comedians to talk about what it's like gigging as queer people. All of whom have performed with the Queer Comedy Club this month. So let's go along the line and get everybody to introduce themselves. Uh, I'm Lily Webb. Uh, I'm a 21-year-old stand-up comedian uh, with cerebral palsy. Um, who is non-binary and a lesbian. Amazing. And today we're going to ask uh, what your intro song yes. would be. If you could pick a song to intro, uh, Tom, what would it be? I don't really associate with gender, but Woman by Doja Cat, because it makes me feel like I want to have like a strut, you know? Oh, I love that. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Great choice. Shamai Powell, but I'm Jack. I am a stand-up comedian based in Bristol and Cardiff. Um, I mostly do a lot of like really silly political humour, bit of a basic B, not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> and what's your intro <laughs> <song>? <laughs> Well, keeping in with theme, my um, intro song would be A Little Bit of Alexis by Shits Creek because I really just want to oh, lean nice. into that vibe of just, let's be silly. I mean, not, not by Shits Creek, Annie Murphy. Give her, give her <laughs> yeah, the real credit. Yeah, yeah. That's a bop as well. By Alexis. Yeah. Yeah. It's an absolute tune. Mm. Uh, I don't have the hair for it, but... I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and on that, my intro music would be Atomic by Blondie, because I just love the idea of singing along to... Oh, your hair is beautiful. Do you think we have to pay... Is that close enough that we'll have to pay royalties? Probably. Probably. And also, <laughs> I now have an image of you just doing that every morning when you get up. Oh, I do. I think <laughs> you have to be in tune to pay the royalties. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Who said that? Oh, 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 oh. I can't believe you said that. Not even introduced us. <laughs> wow. Oh All right. God. Who are you? <laughs> wow. I just going to spit. Okay, sorry. I'm I'm Mary. Um, I'm very wholesome. Uh, no, uh, I do a lot of. Um, I'm a stand-up comedian, and I do lots of sort of uh, geeky science jokes because that's that's my day job. And I'm apparently, a... evil reads. <laughs> <laughs> and what would your intro song be? Uh, the Pokemon theme tune. Very humble. Um, it starts with just very very sort of um, a tension rising, and says, "I'm going to be the very best," which mm. which I do. That's me. I've actually done that. I've actually walked on a gig and you got to choose your own start on intro and I did that. It was amazing. Oh, God. Yeah, it was a solid choice. Mm, it was iconic. Yeah. Uh, my name is Jeremy Top. I'm a bald old man. And <laughs> oh, I... Who's not a top? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's ironic. Um... <laughs> well, that makes so much. Yeah. Makes so much sense. Um, uh, my intro theme would be um, also from a cartoon uh, would be Gem and the Holograms the 80s TV show um, because I um, aspire to be truly outrageous um, do you actually know what I'm talking about anymore? No. No. no oh my goodness too young no no okay fine she had pink hair and she could change she's What's like Gem and the Holograms <laughs> wait That's your am I the oldest person there. here? yeah no, that makes sense okay. I'm must have been between Oh my god! Anyway, just mess. Google the shout out Gemma Holograms. The opening theme tune is probably the best theme tune from the eighties you'll ever hear in your life. It's incredible. Years I was born. I love the fact that they just looked at me when they were like, 
20 years before I was born, as if I, just I would like understand. I to make other people feel bad about their age. To as you fair. should. Yeah. No, Lily, we fun. feel bad enough about your health. <laughs> yeah, because everything hurts. <laughs> okay, what's your song? So, I'm kind of tempted to change to a cartoon now, and I was thinking Top Cat, because Top Kate... And you'll all be too young to remember that. But actually, no, I, we're not all too young to remember that. <laughs> it would just be ridiculous, which I so largely it'd be highly am. appropriate. Mm. But I'll stick with my original, which was It's a Woman's World by Cher. Beautiful. Which is an epic song. Mm. Yeah. And a nice. really cool video. Low yeah. budget, but really cool. <laughs> That's like me. Oh. <laughs> like being really cool. Really cool? <laughs> <laughs> she actually, from the same album, she has an even lower budget video that was made specifically for gay clubs for her song Take It Like a Man which was just a load of men in pants washing yeah. cars and they only played it was, it was literally made to be played in gay clubs and she made them sign to set like it, that that's the only place it would go she's a wow. smart 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 she smart she knows her audience yeah. wow. legend hi I'm Ben I'm a Taurus <laughs> I think my uh, song would be maybe just like pre-recorded rapturous applause <laughs> <laughs> That would be really fun for the levels as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, amazing. Is, is that because you do musical comedy and you don't want music on before you? Exactly. I don't want to compete. Ooh, oh, no. that, I, yeah. Or yeah. is it just that you're a thirsty bitch who needs applause and isn't convinced it's, it's going to get it? It's, it's mostly that, yeah. 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 Are you yeah. suggesting that comedians seek validation there, Kate? I, mean, I don't think that's right. <laughs> I, it's a theory. This is, this is purely a giving situation. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about what we give to everyone else. <laughs> Very much a one-way relationship, just out there giving the love. Okay, so today, what are we going to talk about? Well, uh, we thought today, maybe we to talk about um, all comedians, I think, will occasionally um, encounter difficult gigs, things that don't go quite well, crowds that maybe they don't quite connect with. So we thought we could maybe share a few war stories about that um but also i think thinking about it as queer comedians whether there's particular i mean it's hard for us to know because we've only ever been queer comedians but whether that brings a certain level to it of how difficult it is to deal with that and also because i need it to be honest tips on how to deal with it as well so i'd love to know how people have successfully managed to tackle that or deal with it all right let's go to ben first yay um, <laughs> um i don't know i don't know if i have like a a way of of dealing with it. Um, I always get very nervous before a gig. Like, however many I've done, I will still get nervous before the beginning. And that, I find you fascinating before, like, before you go on, because you do go, you do get nervous, don't you? You get do really go nervous. And I, you are one of the most consistent performers I've ever seen. Correct. And mm. every time before that, before you go on, you are just like... Yeah, I really, I really, really... Yeah. It drains a lot of my energy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> don't know why I do it. Yeah, and it, you look out at the audience, and particularly if there's a lot of men, uh, and, you know, you can tell if they're, you can tell if they're gay or not. Mm -hmm. uh, and if there's a lot of straight men, I think, well, this could be horrible, because uh, it, it just makes you think of school. Um, yeah. So, yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Ooh, but also a funny thing, maybe, at the end, to make it light, um, which I don't have, but uh, there we are. But, okay, Do you, so, can I... Yeah, yeah I was going to, because you're doing musical comedy, and so there's a bit in your set where you have to launch into it. Yeah. Do you think that adds an added pressure because you're not necessarily giving them what they're expecting? I actually... 
find that a lot easier than talking because it's kind of like, well, I'm going to do this and I have my words that I'm going to say and you can enjoy it or not. Whereas with more traditional stand-up, you don't have that shield. So I actually, the other way, I think. I find it quite impressive the way you do it because it's just because I sort of like go by the audience. If I get a bad reaction, I'm like, okay, don't say that joke. It's sort of like real time in your head. It's like, go that way or go that way and try trial and error. So I think the fact that you have to to go through a song and be like, I have to do this minute and a half and I can't really change tactics half I do. I find that really impressive. Unless the music, unless the track stops, Mm. uh, which has happened. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's a different scenario. (laughs) But when... Uh, we've spoken about this a little bit when you're at a gig so we were recently at a gig yeah a queer comedy club gig actually yeah. where the audience was very rowdy mm-hmm. um, and my concern was that they weren't going to pay attention and yeah. for my stuff I feel like I, it's more storytelling so you kind of need to pay attention in order for it to actually be funny yeah because it sort of all loops back on itself but then you said like with the music you felt like they paid attention with the music but the rest of it they didn't yeah so yeah. you feel like that that's the shield that you're talking about yeah, there's that. And there's also the like, well, I know my song. I'm going to do my song and you will either enjoy it or you won't, but I know what I'm going to do. Whereas the more stand-up stuff is a bit like, should I, like kind of what you were saying, yeah. should I say this joke? Should should I be doing crowd work? Whereas the music kind of just gives you a, oh, well, for the next three minutes, this is what I'm doing. Mm. See, I'm, that's really interesting to me because my stand-up is if I've decided what set I'm doing, yeah. that's the set I do. I don't live oh. edit mine. Oh. Okay, interesting. If I'm doing it, because I know, I, I think what I do is funny. And yeah. I very much try and have the same opinion. If you don't think it's funny, yeah. it's on you. Like I'm, not, like, I'm not changing it for you. This is a set that I have crafted that works in a particular order, in a particular yeah. way. And if I live edit it, then any bits that link back later on. You say yeah. that, but I've seen you sat on a man's lap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's crowd work that's part of the game to get clear yeah to be clear yes there was one particular gig <laughs> there was one particular gig where the entire set went out the window and I so but then I but did you not see how I couldn't get back into my set because I'd completely abandoned my set and I was now essentially just sat on this guy's lap and that became the act. You were enjoying it a lot more than <laughs> you should. That's controversial, that's not true. He was enjoying it. Yeah. Um, that, was a, that was another difficult room for different reasons, but generally my set is... Yeah. If what I've decided... It doesn't say the same every time, but it has a journey that it moves through and I don't live edit it. So, but I treat it very much like a song because I do think there's a rhythm to how I yeah. say it as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. So it strings together. So yeah, it's interesting. There's different ways of like handling yeah. But I end up in the same situation though where I'm like, well, I can't... I don't have anything else to say. This is what I've prepared. So yeah. this is what you get. Yeah. Even if it's inappropriate. What I might do... I had a gig the other night where it was a room full of like women in their late 60s uh, and I was just like I'm going to tell you stories about my life and it looks like we have quite different lives so yeah. <laughs> just look at it as an education <laughs> and I'm sorry for the language did like, you say that up front yes oh right okay that's smart and how did yeah. they respond uh tepidly <laughs> <laughs> I would say uh, there was a couple of like people in their 30s in the room who loved it uh but the there were these women in their late 60s who were quite Upper middle class, I would say. It was a wine bar. Um, they were sat right in the front. And it, I found it very difficult to not 
focus on winning them over mm. when there was other people in the room who were enjoying it. And I don't actually know, and I've thought about this quite a lot in the couple of days since, did I make it worse by acknowledging right up front? Like, did I tell them it's not going to work for them? Mm. I don't know. Mm. But I made myself feel better by being like, I yeah. put this disclaimer out there and here's my set. Yeah. I, so. think, I think it's good because I've done it the other way around where like I was sort of on the outskirts of London and it was, it was a middle class crowd as well and I was trying new stuff and it was all about like my first day ever with a woman and like how it went terribly and it just didn't land at all like the demographic were just very much like why do you even have to mention that you're gay like that yeah. kind of like mindset yeah. and like there was this whole five minutes of like this isn't working this is really embarrassing I almost wish that I kind of come forward being like well you're not my crowd but strap in yeah. so yeah. yeah I sometimes find that like especially with my stuff because sometimes before I've even got on stage people have already like seen me mm. and already have like a preconceived idea of like what a formed I an opinion. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. what I'm going to talk about. Or, or yeah, they have a brief idea of something like gay is going on, right? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, There's God. There's a sprinkle of and they're like, they're, like, they're like waiting for me to come up and they're like, oh. And like, I've done a few gigs where like... <laughs> I spoke about like fingering <laughs> and things like that. And there's just like old men that look like they want to die. And mm. it's like, mm. yeah, I'm my kind of thing is like, I think like the main reason why I, I enjoy stand up so much is talking about like who I am and what I am and like cerebral palsy, being a lesbian, being non-binary, whatever. That's my thing. And that's why I'm doing stand up. And like, that's what I want to talk about. If you don't like it, this is a you problem. <laughs> That's the whole point of doing it, isn't it? It's about yeah, telling yeah, your story. Yeah. And, and like, if you if want I to bomb, see other stories, go and see other stories. Yeah, if I bomb, like, oh well. Yeah, you're obviously not got very ta good taste in humour. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like it's entirely on you. Yeah. I think I, I can't remember if I said this in the last, in one of the previous episodes or not, but I saw a thing where a guy was like, uh, I try and tackle it with the idea that I'm not going into the room to try and make the audience laugh, I'm mm. giving them the opportunity to laugh mm. and they can take it or leave it. Mm. Oh, and I really, I do try Powerful. and like think of that in yeah. that, you know that second just before you step on, mm. I really try and cling on to that because I'm like, it, it, it's your opportunity. You can yeah. or you cannot. And if you don't laugh, you're homophobic. Yeah, <laughs> that's very nice. Yeah. Like, yeah, There's always, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. What yeah. about you? There's a weird thing. So the Welsh circuit is quite interesting. And obviously as comedians, we have to be like adaptable. You have to kind of like listen to mm. the crowd. You have to be able to play to what people want. So like a large portion of the gigs that I do in Wales are like Valley's rugby clubs. Like it's like Valley's rugby clubs, stag do's, that kind of thing. And, you know, for, you know, basic B vibes, I normally wear like a crop top, really go in on it. And there's a weird thing where you adapt to the crowd. Like I will do a lot of like chaotic crowd work. Um, for example, I talk a lot about having been a queer sex worker and the politics around that. So I might ask the room, who's a top shagger? And I might like let all the Valleys rugby lads kind of argue through it. And then I might be like, mm, it's me. Like, tailor it to the room. But does anyone ever feel like there is also an element where even though you have to adapt to the room, you also kind of have to like sort of, it feels like you're also changing yourself to fit the crowd. Sometimes. You're almost yeah. altering your yeah. persona. Sometimes. So with that, so I do a lot of emceeing. So for me, I feel this pressure where I've, I've got to really quickly get the room on board for so the rest, almost like, so yeah. if, I if I fuck this up, I'm not gonna allow the rest of the acts to have or feel safe on stage so they can be their best selves as mm. well. So, you know, going in, if it's a you know, straight audience as well, I very want to, I think if it's, a, if, it, 
the gig the other night when it was majority straight people, you know, pissed or whatever, they're also thinking, okay, this is going to be a gay comedy night. So they want to feel a bit relaxed as well. So we've got to find that perfect balance of like, yeah. Yeah. we are not sure. threatening. We're not going to say anything that's going to make you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Don't oh, yeah. worry. You we will say things that make us feel yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We are sweating our tits off, nervous. <laughs> so it's almost like finding that like middle ground to be like, right, okay, let's, let's set the tone and like, make sure we all have a safe fun time tonight because you, they've come out for a comedy night. Yeah, right? yeah they want to enjoy yeah. it. And it's, you know, we, we advertise as a queer comedy night so mm. we're going to make sure that we can we can do the best and make sure everyone feels good about what they're about yeah. to do yeah. as well. Um, it's just a shame that it was a, a room of two halves. I think that last gig yeah. where it was, oh, it was, sure. it was noisy. But whenever I do, although I will say just because as much as I speak about the values of rugby clubs, I do want to give kudos to Wales where it is. I will enter these gigs in the valleys and there will be like old men with carling, like using its perfume in the back, like just not, <laughs> not like, and it, they're, they're stern. But every Valleys gig I do, it's literally the movie Pride. I walk in there, it is an empty room and it looks stern. I tell a couple of rugby jokes and then at the end of it, the guy's like, you know what, mate? You're good. I've yeah. got you. It's like, really nice. Yeah, I feel like sometimes, like, instead of, like, avoiding, like, oh, maybe I should avoid the gay gay topic, it's sometimes like, no, I'm going to say it, and you almost want to give people permission to laugh, yeah. be like, this is why it's funny, and it's okay. So, yeah. yeah. I have people a, like... Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry yeah. I just really want to know what other people's thought, because you mentioned sometimes you feel like you're changing who you are to fit the room. Now, mm. Kate and I discuss this really often, and um, my line is always that I would actually, I'd rather bomb or fail in the competition or something like that, but be authentically me. I'd rather turn up, represent who I am, deliver what I'm about, and yeah. fail, than try and change who I am. Because in my everyday life, previously, I used to change who I was all the time mm -hmm. to fit in and adapt, and I'm actively not doing that anymore. So I don't really want to do that on stage. And that does come at the cost, I think, of, you know, sometimes maybe not going down the bot like the way that you want to in a room yeah. but like does it how does everybody else feel about that because i'm i it's really important to me it, it, it really matters i think sorry with with that as well i can just present a little bit over masculine sometimes yeah. in in that way so i feel like I've, i can i can be like right okay i'm gonna typical thing i got told last night by a, um, a straight woman was oh you're really gay what a waste Oh, oh, God. God. I, like, oh, I haven't heard that gem for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but say, but so, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, precise. But I, so I, I, I wouldn't, I don't like butch myself up or anything like that as well, but I can, I can fit, I can fit in the middle of the What you're saying is you've got a choice. It, you could, you I, could I, can, I can lean either you way. Could pass. I could lean it. Well, pass, but <laughs> pass I can from a, from a distance. From a distance. <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for a group of people who don't mix with with, with gays, yeah. actually, sometimes I can lean a little bit, and they're a bit like, oh, oh I didn't clock it at first. Whereas, yeah. of course, yeah. everyone else is oh. like, what a fag. No, <laughs> I feel like I feel like I camp it up on stage. I feel like I lean into the queer element of it. And like, okay, this is not me trying to claim that I'm mask for mask for like any gay dudes listening to like try and seem more attractive. But He'll like, fuck I feel like yeah, anything goes, anything goes. Yeah, you don't have to be masked. You can find my escort profile on Craigslist, look me up. No, but like, I feel like I lean into it because there's this weird thing where there is relatability in comedy, but also sometimes people really enjoy something that's actually completely unknown to what they're used to. And like almost, I feel like there's some, particularly in the valleys, I don't know about the London experience for you guys, but people almost kind of enjoy listening to something that's so different to what they're used to. The point is to give people a vision into your life. Like, and it's more interesting if they don't necessarily know that. 
think when I first started doing comedy and people would sometimes react in like a hesitant way, I, I almost felt bad because I was like, I've put I've put this Always on Always made you. them feel difficult. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah I, so yeah. I'd be like, oh, maybe I should like, I don't know, cut that bit out or whatever next time. And then like, I think as I've like developed as a comedian, I've kind of been like, no. And because... I've maybe not taken out things or cut things out. I've had situations where I've had people come up to me like, why do you have to talk about being gay and disabled? Like, you're just trying... I had some guy be like, you're just trying to get pity and trying to get pity oh, of people who yeah. laugh. Can you hear anything more and privileged? And I was like, I was like, fuck you. I never, I never basically said that I wanted pity off you. Like, I'm yeah. just telling you my situation. And then also... I've had situations where people react in, like, sympathy towards me. So, like, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I've got cerebral palsy. And then I had, like, a gig in Edinburgh where I won't say her name, but she's an MSP, a member of Scottish Parliament. And she, <laughs> she awed throughout my entire set. Oh, God. She, uh, I'm not she went, uh, she went, she went, I literally was like, oh, and like, I've got cerebral palsy. And as soon as I said that, she went, ah, oh, and then I laughed and I was like, oh, you know, I said something like, oh, this isn't children in need, like, chill out. And she was like, she was like, oh, it's just so heartbreaking. And I was like, dude, I'm literally talking about fingering someone. How is this <laughs> Also, if you're on stage, you've gone through it, like you've had that experience and you're yeah, processing yeah, it and now yeah. you're delivering yeah, it. But like, yeah. It's like, if I don't want to talk about, like say one day I woke up and I was like, oh, I don't really feel like talking about having cerebral palsy today. I would just cut it out. So like, that's yeah. why... I'm like obviously comfortable with it, but she came up to me afterwards and was like, "You're really brave." Oh. <laughs> and I was no. like, "It's so crazy to think that if you're not exactly how she is, then everything is just like, oh, that is a, that you're broken if you're not like me." And ah, oh, you know, mm -hmm. that's so. We had a lot of that last night. Um, I think we did a gig, and there was a kind of a lot of people amused by some of the the, the jokes that were being told. Um, but in a way that would kind of like head tilt as uh, as well, yeah. and it's it, and it's difficult to think that they are they don't know how to react sometimes. Yeah, that the only thing they can mm. do is is give their like I'm 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 sorry for your loss kind of <laughs> yeah. like, like, okay. I'm sorry your able body died. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, just in in terms of like modifying, so like especially sort of like live editing stuff. I will sort of like go through my head like, okay, that's not working and that's not working. And sometimes when I pick up like, this isn't a room for a ton of queer jokes, I'll take it out. I still make a point. If I then mention like a specific thing about dating, I then don't be like, oh, when I was dating, oh man. Like, I will still mention like the gender of the person I'm dating, like, cause I'm queer. I just might not, you know, joke about like my coming out story or whatever, yeah. but I still feel it's important to like, yeah, be authentic and tell, tell the truth, but just, yeah, maybe live ad adapt it to, to the audience. Yeah. I think, does everyone have, I, there's, um, in my set, there's a couple of jokes which I know how, if they don't land in a certain way early on, I know there's jokes later on that are going to be really difficult as well. Yeah. Because I start swimming, and I start talking about fingering and licking. And if that gets a, then I know. Yeah. And then I, just, and then I just normally just plough on because 
I'd love to say it's because I'm living, I'm del- I am delivering my authentic self and my story and what I want to present and I have absolutely used stand-up to help make sense of me and, and how I am in this world. But it's also because I don't know if I've got anything else to say. So, <laughs> <laughs> of just plowing on and there is that bit of like, well, I'm just going to keep going down the motorway. And it's like mm. being lost and I've done this when driving, when I'm lost and I, I don't know where I am. I'm just going to keep driving and one day I'll run out of petrol and it will all be okay. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's how you ended up here. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know who she is. But I was going to want this, and this is probably the same in, I'm sure it is the same for straight uh, comedians as well, is I find myself in rooms somehow and I'm going to sound like such a school teacher where audiences don't know how to behave and they think that they're part of the act and they're not. Mm, Yeah. And that's really difficult and I don't quite know how to deal with that because I don't want to tell them to shut the I do. I really did the other night want to tell them to shut up, but... I don't... I'm, I mean, I did last night. Yeah. Literally mm-hmm. turned to them and turned them to sh- shut up. And it was hilarious them. and great. I needed saying because they'd gone beyond. But I, but I lost my set after that. Yeah. Yeah. Like Because they were oh. so scared that you would bum them. That's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which, not all of them. Not all of them. Which is a position that many a man has. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that... Uh, growing out sort of a comedy wings as well in that situation where that fine line between you need to... To, it's not your job to control the, the audience. No. Sometimes, I, I, going back to me, thanks. I, I, I feel it is when I'm when I'm hosting because um, to scream. I've done it. I've done it before when I've basically told scream to an audience to, to shut up, and I I have lost all the respect of the room yeah. In, yeah. That, in that minute. And I think, yeah. oh my god! And like I can see my friends who've joined the show looking at me like Jeremy doesn't shout. What on <laughs> earth has just happened? Because they can see you're panicking. It, it's, yeah. it's exact. My, the vein in my head is now the size of an aubergine, and I <laughs> cannot tell you. So it's that learning that that bit where I, I'm going to play you at your own game here. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna circle you out as as that naughty schoolboy yeah. thing and be like, no, yeah. hang on a minute. Yeah, and then you just you know get to know their name if you can make friends with the worst person in the room that's what I find yeah. and, and bring it back that's what that's my that's my technique that I use see it was difficult yesterday because when I turned and said that the room is in two halves when I turned and said that the half that was paying attention like they loved it yeah the half that wasn't paying attention was still blissfully unaware mm. there wasn't anybody to pick out it was, they were just talking to each like standing up and talking to each other and yeah. so this side of the audience that was really into it they appreciated what I'd done and I think I think I won a bit of respect with them but I think I had just lost mm. like me do you know what I mean yeah. like yeah. that's yeah. not what my set is about yeah. and now I've got a pivot and because it didn't work you know because they didn't shut up and a big problem at that point was I was struggling to hear my own thoughts. Yeah. Like they were so noisy. Yeah. It's funny how you mentioned, Kate, how you said like how audiences think they're part of the act. To some degree they are. Like if you think about like like orchestras and stuff, they play to a silent audience. Whereas when you're doing comedy, it's imperative that the audience yeah. reacts Laugh, to you. Yeah. So I think they are. So actually I think it's actually important to sort of <laughs> respect them, even if they're hecklers and they're loud and they're garish. But I think that's one of the tough things. I think that's why it's so difficult to try and win them over because they are part of it. Yeah, that's that's true. And so I probably said it in slightly the wrong way because Mm. I think it's, and there's a difference, isn't there, between when they're engaging with you and they're trying to join in and that's one set of, maybe when they're just, chatting loudly That's, next to the stage yeah. Yeah. which is actually yeah. I mean, it was a, it, of what it, is there. The, the gig that we were all talking about was about 20 people um, it was like an L-shaped space that you had and on one of the like one of the arms of the L there was about 20 people stood up and talking to each other very, like yeah. getting progressively louder over the, and some over the thing re- actually homophobic yeah uh, audience oh, members yeah. 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 yeah a couple yeah yeah that yeah. was yeah that wasn't that wasn't great I, I, one of the things that I noticed about last night as well and th- this is not to contradict what you've just said at all I think one of the things is when you've got 
lights on you and you've got people in rows sitting in front of you, it's very natural to want to, because we all do it, to talk to the, that, that audience. And I think, I think one of the things that maybe didn't help is because the way it was angled, yeah. we, weren't, we yeah. weren't addressing the, yeah. the, the, the I, yeah. I did it a lot. And I realized every time you didn't, that's when, you, that's when they'd go. Um, because I, I, maybe they felt, maybe they felt left out. I mean, for God's sake, <laughs> I wonder what that feels like. But... <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't imagine. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. There is that thing of trying to, uh, to take the orchestra analogy actually a different way that you are kind of like maybe trying to play them like an orchestra. Yeah. You are the conductor, aren't you, to get the responses that you yeah. need, and that's why. Yeah, it's that's like dialogue, the skill involved exactly. in that. And also, I think one of I would say. I would say, and we've had many gigs like it, and it's all good stuff because I think there were so many lessons to be taken away with, with some of these gigs last night. And one of the things that I learned last night was that I can, if someone is being a good sport, maybe in the front row, I can then use, I would own, that's then for tonight. I'm going to speak to them. And they were very much on the, the left side of, of the audience. And of course, then I started to turn my back to yeah. that side who were yeah. eight pints deep, <laughs> yeah. who were up for a laugh as well. You know, they, 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 they were loving it as well. But then of course, um, it got to a point where we were like, ah, we've lost them. Okay. Yeah, I mean, by the time I went on last, it, like, they just weren't, they weren't even sat down at that point. No. Yeah, no, they were up, they were drinking. They were yeah. Well, they were holding each other up because they were paralytic. So, so that was, yeah. that was <laughs> tricky. Yeah. Yeah. It was tricky. It reminds yeah. me of, well, how, I mean, I wasn't there. It's, it, it sounds similar to like in, in the, like, the beginning of days, you know, when you do like open mic gigs and it's literally just a microphone in the corner of a pub and like oh, yeah. the people who were there don't care about comedy at all. Yeah. They're mm. just there to talk to their mates. So you're trying to like win over this crowd. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. So having people standing up and chatting to themselves. Given the choice, not... I'd always rather do comedy for people that want to see comedy <laughs> as opposed to enforcing comedy. <gasps> what a luxury. <laughs> what a luxury. <laughs> it should be consensual. <laughs> yeah. I think some crowds... It's possible. <laughs> some crowds, it depends. Does anyone have a crowd? Like I have done gigs where like it's a paid spot. The crowd have paid to be there. But this particular gig... Um, I was doing queer jokes. I kind of sort of, I was doing a lot of the political stuff and they were not feeling it, but in the opposite way, they weren't rowdy. They were just not reacting. Oh, but yeah. I literally at one point was like, oh, you are not feeling this. There's, there was a stage with stairs. Mm. I walked down the stairs into the crowd, into the audience to crowd work. I was like, hey, Han, how are you doing? They were looking at the floor, like <gasps> the opposite end of the spectrum wow. where they were like, ooh, like one of them just went, ooh, F slur and then looked at the floor. And I was like, has anyone had any audience like yeah. that where they're actually not even giving you like at least with rowdiness you can kind of play with it yeah you can true. lean yeah. into the chaos I, i've yeah. got i've got feelings about comedians telling the audience that they're not into it or oh, that they're quiet yeah. I, it's an easy it's an easy thing to do I, i've been running a night for a couple of years and um it's the way it's laid out is it's tables and people also order food, right? Yeah. And so I'm not giving maybe like a theatre vibe to this sometimes. It is what it is, the, the way the venue wants it. Um, so you get like a polite murmur sometimes from yeah. people who are killing it. And you know, we get we get amazing acts uh, coming to do it. But then there's this natural thing to say like, oh my God, what a crap audience or whatever. And you just sit back like, this isn't the way forward. Like yeah. if, if anything, we've put ourselves in this position, mm. right? Sometimes mm. we've, We've got to flex these muscles a little bit just to try and do what we can without without looking desperate. And sometimes we're going to have a night where we tried our best and do you know what? It hasn't worked. In terms of, I am not going to look like I am begging for the validation of this audience because mm. do you know what? If 
bunch of ourselves. I deserve, <laughs> I deserve better than to, to beg. And it's, I, I do it sometimes. You've probably seen me beg, you know what I mean? And I... I have, but not in <laughs> 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 But it's that bit, and I think, I think you will... Um, status is so important, as a, to me anyway, because I have to... Some people don't need it on, on, on stage, but for me, I, ha I, 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 I need it to be able to relax on stage. I need high status on stage to be able to feel like I'm owning the place. Yeah. And if, if I feel like I've begged, I've given that away and I find it so hard to recover. Mm. It's kind of, there's something relaxing though in knowing that like, even if you're approaching a crowd that are just so turned off to anything that's remotely queer, at the end of the day, especially if it's a gig where they're not really there for comedy, they're there to drink pints and serve food and there's like a waitress going, is that medium rare? Like over <laughs> yeah. the punchline. You, there's, there's something quite comforting and almost like giving confidence in knowing that like, they're probably they're not looking to like follow you and come like online and come to gigs afterwards. And if anything, that probably makes it quite freeing. And you can like step into the confidence of knowing, well, they're not really gonna be, you know, they're not into comedy. They're not looking they're not for gigs base. afterwards. Yeah. They're, they're not gonna become my fan base. And so let's just kind of like they're, enjoy they're not with, subscribing to your exactly. Patreon. They're not <laughs> subscribing to my only fan. No, um, <laughs> but they're not gonna be. So if anything, that almost, I feel like, can give you some confidence because you're like, let's just play with what I've got. Let's uh, do it. I was going to say, I think oh, if young you... Young <laughs> <laughs> you, you couldn't tell from the skin and the lack of hair. <laughs> I was um, going to say, if you say, in my opinion, if you say, oh, this crap, oh, like, where, where's the energy, guys? Like, you've immediately kind of fucked yourself over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on. You've Because, up. like, you're showing them, like, oh... Not like I'm afraid of you, but your your lack of energy is pissing me off, yeah. right? Mm. And that immediately you don't you don't want it to seem like anything about this gig is necessarily bothering you personally. Yeah, you want it to seem like this is something I do. This isn't bothering me. I just do this. I go on stage and then I go home. But by saying that, you're showing people that like <laughs> deep inside something about this <laughs> yeah, is bothering me. Yeah, yeah, and you don't want to. You don't want to. Even if inside bombing is killing you. You don't want to show these people that their reaction is having any yeah. effect on you at all because then I feel like they're just going to be like, well, you're, you're acting like you're like desperate. I'll be back at school. Also, <laughs> also I, audiences are different. They have their own like vibe and sometimes they can be a quieter audience. I went and saw a professional, like a really well-known professional stand-up comedian who is on the TV all the time. And I went and saw her show at the Soho Theatre and it was great. And it was a random Wednesday night. Um, and we were a really quiet audience, really quiet. And she kept addressing it. And the more she addressed oh, no. it, yeah. the more uncomfortable it made us feel. Yeah. Right. To the point that, like, I laughed. Like, she said something really funny. I was in the front, like, right at the front. I laughed and I covered my mouth. just. Oh, and, no. and she uh, went, oh, yes, just what every comedian loves. Someone who covers their mouth when they laugh. And I just felt oh. so, like, it, oh. like yeah, yeah, right? And I was just like, that is how I laughed. Be I mm. cover my mouth quite often just in everyday life. Mm. Yeah. Um, it was nothing to do with me. Like, I didn't stifle my laugh. I laughed out loud, but I... You don't mm. want someone hyper-analyzing your right? reaction to the head. <laughs> exactly. She's going to be listening to the rest of her back. So yeah. exactly. Oh my God, how do I laugh? It was exactly that. And then I, and I love her, and I've been so desperate to see her. And interestingly, I brought along somebody who could have taken or left her. Yeah. Um, and then I was sat there, like, feeling really awkward. And there was this weird tension in the room where everybody was like, we're enjoying it because we clearly know who you are and we like it, but you've told us off because yeah. we're not yeah. performing in the way that you want us to. Yeah. And I get it. I would love like a really like loud, 
rowdy audience, but it yeah. just like it was a Wednesday but evening. Exactly, at you're tired. Yeah. You've been yeah. at work all day. Yeah. You've still got two days of work and left. And we loved it. We were yeah. enjoying it. Yeah. But it just wasn't at the level that she wanted it to be in because she kept addressing it. And I, it was a really interesting lesson for me because as an audience how it yeah. made me yeah. feel it makes me cringe if I've seen other people do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things I think I struggle with as well sometimes you can have a great audience but then the guys no offence working in the venue oh yeah have are, yeah. are kind of zapping the energy out by I don't know collecting glasses yeah. during yeah. an act mm. yeah. or or one of the one of the venues I've done stuff in a lot is the kitchen is right next to. Oh my god! The door. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, actually, and there's a serving hatch, yeah. and you're like, oh, there's a, there's a could you just not? Could you just not? Could you not serve food right in the middle of it? Right, yeah. Yeah. Punch Drinks I was just going to say, there's a gig in London that we probably all know, which is a great night uh, in this really great room, but the kit, but the pass oh is like in the room, <laughs> oh. and you can just guarantee if you are about to deliver a punchline, that ding of that bell for food is going off just as you do it. Yeah. Completely ruining the moment. I think it's a really good place to do it, actually, because it teaches you, there's so much going yeah. on because collecting food, it teaches you a lot. Um, but yes, it is like a Adaptability. really tough... I think that's one of the, like, silver linings I try and take away from, like, really bad gigs. It's just like, if I'm able to go to a gig that's very, very noisy, maybe one of those ones where it's a microphone in the corner of a pub, maybe where yeah. a cocktail shaker keeps going off, yes. and I still manage to win people over, that's when I'm like, those jokes yeah. are gold. I know that that is good quality stuff. So, also, um, does, anybody else think, does anybody else think that you kind of get to the point where, um, like, I care a lot less if it bombs because I believe in what I'm doing. Like, I believe yes. in my stuff. Yeah, I, I find, like, especially... Over the summer, I was at Edinburgh Fringe and I spent the month there. And obviously you have like such a varying type of audience. Like some nights it's really, really good. And then some nights you have like either barely anyone or just people who are like drunk and looking for a show to go to. Yeah. Or, uh, I don't know, mad in general. <laughs> um, so like some nights you like kill it and you're like, and you, and you leave those gigs and you're like, because um, also there's an element where they're seeing a lot of shows being an, like seeing a show is much less of a yes. special thing yeah. and like yeah. the fact they are laughing at your jokes you're like oh, yeah. I'm yeah. sick I'm amazing right? <laughs> and then you have a bad night and you're like oh, that really sucks but because you're doing it so often you yeah. don't have time to like decompartmentalise and sit there and be like I'm a terrible terrible comedian like because it's so quick and it's so fast paced so I think like I kind of completely lost it, like the the element of caring. Yeah. <laughs> like I obviously care about what I'm putting out and the and the But it's different when it's quality. work that you know is good. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like obviously I care about the quality and the quality of performance or whatever, but the actual how it went, I kind of lost it and was just like I've done this like 30 times. Like wow, what a dream. You know. I wanna get there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> guys, just just follow my lead. Yeah. We <laughs> just will. Just catch the yeah. That's what you need to do. Find an hour special. And that I think uh, as something as uh, you work really hard to get there. Mm -hmm. And one of the luxury when, when I'm sure we, when we all started out, you you take it in any gig because you're like I, I need to get out there and stuff. And now, sort of retrospectively, it's like I'm going to avoid that one because I just I don't have a good time. Mm -hmm. And what's mm -hmm. yeah. you know I'm yeah. you were talking about that the other day, weren't you? Like yeah. avoiding certain, like yeah. doing ones that mean more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Absolutely. avoiding certain nights, maybe. Like I, I personally try and avoid uh, gigs on a Sunday because I just don't think Sunday, Feels Sunday crowds. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, that's true. Fair enough, I wouldn't see comedy on a Sunday. I've got work tomorrow and all that stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. Mm. And I think it's it's whether you uh, it's something I guess I've been wrestling with is I can choose the gigs obviously that I want to do, and I can just go and play in spaces which I know mm. are going to be nice and warm and supportive, and mm. that feels lovely. 
and a bit where, and um, maybe I shouldn't be honest about it, but I am where I'm struggling now. I need to force myself to go to places where I think it is going to be more challenging mm. and more yeah. difficult for me because I think I need to. Is it a muscle? I don't know. It's something. It's testing. It's a, you have to do the fit in the gym. You have to do the exercise that you don't want yeah. to do, don't you? Yeah, That's exactly. And I think it's that. And I'm to be honest, having a bit of a oh, crisis of confidence about it at the moment. And I think I need to go and do that. And I think that will get me stronger. So mm. I was going to uh, say, there's a danger in complacency when yeah. you kind of sit there and you you know these gigs you're going to like kill at because yeah. you've killed them before. And you're like, yeah. I love this room. I love the people it brings in. I know I'm going to do well. But then you start to think you're really, really good. And then you might gig somewhere else and you don't do as well. And it's like, you need the mixture of those two things to kind of fully develop yourself as a comedian. So you know your weak spots and good spots. One thing I appreciate about the Welsh circuit, and I don't know if it's similar to London, obviously you guys can sort of like enlighten me on that, is that even though um, obviously people want to come to London and they want to go to like Bristol and Manchester and all these big, well-connected circuits, one thing I appreciated about Wales when you start out and again, wondering if the London circuit is similar to this, is when you start out, you can go from doing like a low-key gentrified like art centre in central Cardiff to like a like a rugby club to a Welsh language gig to like a pub where they're serving food. You can kind of do a bit of like everything. Like everything is sort of all centred in those cities and you do almost every gig very differently and every crowd is completely different. Whereas you go to like some other cities where so many of the um, gigs are a bit more centred around people want to watch comedy and you get quite similar audiences. I don't know. What's the London circuit like? I might be completely wrong, but I feel like it does... There there will be... Doing the London stuff is there's going to be room set up for um, for open mic nights as well. And and as you sort of grow out your comedy, that's when you sort of move out of London where you do more things that are perhaps more, Mm. not corporate, but like you do things that are set up like events maybe. Or you do things where Mm. there's going to be people bigger numbers as well because you know just talking about actual um physical room london's quite small in terms of the venue so then mm. actually they're very intimate and then you start to go to you know places outside of zone four yeah. <laughs> where you've yeah. actually got bigger rooms all of a sudden yeah. and you're like oh my gosh like mm. the tube goes here yeah. <laughs> i have seen parts of london i never knew existed I think we all did. The other day. <laughs> okay. At this point, comedy is a staycation. That's what the comedy is. <laughs> right, we've got to bring this to a close now. So, Ben, where can we find you online? And have you got anything specific you want to promote? Um, no, but you can find me on Instagram at Ben underscore Pollard 99. Uh, you can find me at Mary M Comedy on Instagram and TikTok. That's Mary M E R R Y. Uh, my name is Jeremy Pop on Instagram. And you can also give the Comedy Cliff a follow as well for Open Night Nights. I am just basically at the Bimbo Baba on all socials. Do you so, want to spell that? T H E the because you know the is really true. <laughs> um, Bimbo B I M B O and Baba is B A B B E R. It is a Bristol slang term. Uh, my Insta and Twitter is LilyWeb underscore underscore. Uh, oh, and me and my brother are making a coming of age web series sitcom. Oh, I saw oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if anybody wants to watch that, it's called Sorry We Arrived Early. It will be hopefully coming out at some point early next year. Cool. Instagram. It Instagram would be we'll be re- releasing it on YouTube. So we have like an Instagram account and it's called at Sorry We Arrived Early series. Um, it's a play on the fact that we were premature. <laughs> um, and it's, yeah, it's like a coming of age, like kind of like acid-induced, crazy sitcom. Amazing. <laughs> Sounds great. Um, I'm on Insta at Katie Estale. 
Uh, I'm on Insta at Mr. David Ian, and you can check out davidian.co.uk for live dates for my solo show, Mediocre Gay. Uh, you can go to queercomedyclub.co.uk to find out gig, uh, details of all of our gigs. We do two gigs a month at John the Unicorn for our new act, New Material Night. We do our pro night once a month at Zodiac on a Saturday night. You can catch various different members of the people that you've seen here um, at all of our different nights. We do another podcast called Mediocre Gay, the podcast as well. So check that out and follow the Queer Comedy Club on Instagram. And if you're a queer comedian who wants to come and get involved, then please do sign up for our new acts and new materials night. And we'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Queer Comedy Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at the Queer Comedy Club. Check out upcoming gigs on queercomedyclub.co.uk. And don't forget to rate and review us to help others enjoy this podcast too. 